Miami. Although widely known for its sandy beaches, fun nightlife, and constant features and pitbull songs, still remains a city that means so much more to its residents. I love this place. I love the people. I love the diversity and the colors and the richness. But Miami is under threat of losing these unique aspects because of climate change. The question is, can we live here much longer and safely? And if so, how much longer and how safely? My name is Emily Urgoyen, and today I'm going to be tackling sea level rise in the Miami area. Sea level is projected to rise more than one foot by 2045. That will put a fifth of Miami underwater at high tide. This has forced the region to confront the eminent problem quickly. Water just kept going in and going down. That's Michael Tillis. He's lived in Miami Beach for the last 30 years. He's talking about the river that flows down the ramp of his building and into his parking garage. This happens as a result of the Biscayne Bay running over the seawall and rolling along Lincoln Road. For listeners unfamiliar, Biscayne Bay lies between the Miami Beach Barrier Island and mainland Miami. This living reef system is the third largest in the world. More importantly, it is the only water system this size boarding a highly urbanized coastal area. This unusual geographic setup poses a massive issue for nearby residents and business owners. But people and businesses are taking various solutions in their own hands. That's where Michelle DeLone comes in. She lives on Lincoln Road just a block from the bay, meaning the water gets to her building first. Word on our street? This is Lincoln Lake. Her area of residence is affected by king tide flood every autumn. To keep the water out, the building piled sandbags in the foyer, installed a special plastic barrier in the garage, and even placed a notice on the communal bulletin board listing all the coming high tides. But it's not only Miami residents are concerned. The scientific community at large finds sea level rise in Miami as very problematic. Just listen to Brian McNulty, the climate researcher at UM's Residential School of Marine and Atmospheric Science. The places that used to stay dry are now going to get wet. The places that used to flood are going to flood even more. This has caused concern for the real estate market, which provides for tourism and property taxes, the region's two main sources of income. Miami Beach and Miami are pretty low-lying places. A half a foot or so makes a big difference. According to a housing market case study of Miami-Dade County, sea level rise caused a real estate loss of $465 million from 2005 to 2016 alone. From where we are now, it will get worse. On the state level, however, politicians have not been responsive to the sea level rise created by climate change. I have not been convinced. That's Florida's former governor and current senator Rick Scott in 2010 on global warming. These sentiments have only grown as evidenced by his statements made in 2017. Clearly, our environment changes all the time, and whether that's cycles we're going through or whether that's man-made, I wouldn't be able to tell you which one it is. Rick Scott isn't the only Florida Republican denying human-caused climate change, though. Aside from a few Republicans who represent coastal areas, Florida's right-wing party have united behind climate change denialism. They maintain there is a lack of science proving that the planet is warming, and that even if there was, there is no evidence that it is affected by human activity. This Republican policy has left coastal cities like Miami Beach to deal with sea level rise on their own, and they've been proactive. We will not be happy until every road is dry. And that's our commitment to our residents. It won't be easy, 
Uh, we have storms. We have rising sea level due to climate change. But we're taking the offensive, aggressive action to making sure our city is viable and livable for the next 500 years at a minimum. That's the previous mayor of Miami Beach. He, along with other city officials, have started various initiatives such as building new seawalls and installing state-of-the-art water pumping stations as part of the city-wide flood mitigation program. However, not all cities in Miami-Dade County are capable of rolling out a half-billion-dollar program to protect the city against the coastal flooding like Miami Beach did. While Miami Beach has enough wealth to engineer their way out of this crisis, many of the communities in this region do not. That's climate change consultant Joyce Coffey. She's referring to communities that simply don't have the same tax base as Miami Beach. This is an existential crisis. It is sobering what is ahead of us. These communities tend to be low-income communities of color. Liberty City and Little Haiti are prime examples of areas in danger of sea level rise that simply don't have the same resources as wealthier Miami cities. This poses not only a significant health threat due to increased contact with overflow canal and sewer water, but also have forced residents out of their homes, as witnessed by Valencia Gunder, a local community organizer. There's been a trend in underserved communities being taken over by investors and developers due to rising sea levels. Low-income communities of colors were forced to live in the center of the city, high above sea level. Now that the sea level is rising, that puts us in prime real estate. This reality has largely pushed the burden of change to the people of these communities. Over the years, this has created a space for social and environmental movements like Miami Murals to arise. This project is a public art campaign run by local artists and technologists to invite local communities in joining the environmental movement through street art. Viewers of the mural can experience an augmented reality that warrants of the disastrous effects of climate change. Other organizations like the Clio Institute, a nonprofit exclusively dedicated to climate change education, engagement, and advocacy, have also offered climate workshops in the South Florida area, including Little Haiti. These steps have inspired and motivated many activists who have been supporting the movement. So we have different ways of bringing in different levels of society and communities. And it's really giving the residents a chance to tell us what they want to know, what they want us to solve. That's an activist from the Clio Institute. These movements have given low-income communities a voice to express their thoughts on climate change and the urban planning modifications they expect to see. We need to talk about what's real. You know, we need to talk about the most vulnerable populations and what's going on with them. Thank you so much. This hopeful sentiment has reached the regional level. The county is trying to make broader strides toward mitigating sea level rise through the RCAP, the Southeast Florida Regional Climate Adaptation Plan. This project, which was created in cooperation with neighboring counties, sets forth a strategy for adapting to climate change by studying and monitoring environmental changes and developing local plans that factor in this research. Some, like Tiffany Troxler, a wetlands biologist, are viewing the region's ambitious steps as an opportunity for change. Every adaptation project is an opportunity to improve our environmental quality and to improve social equity. Despite a lack of state support, Miami has taken many steps to react to climate change-induced sea level rise. However, more aggressive and proactive urban planning, allowing for fair treatment of all communities, is needed to face this issue. It is now up to the politicians and people's continued support to use this opportunity to revamp Miami's infrastructure, 
while also enacting positive social change.